0: This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. pray that you will illuminate our minds at this time, O oh God. Give us the wisdom from heaven. We want to understand the truth that you have that's in the word. And we need the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth. So illuminate our minds and do it until, O oh God, we are transformed, renewed, revived. Help us to be a light in this dark world. Help us to be the spice of heaven in this bland, sinful world. We know you're able. Folks need to say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. And they'll see it and taste it. Hallelujah. Have the revelation from the Holy Ghost because of the testimony and the hope that lies within us. And we will be given a word, a self-same hour, the rhema word of the Lord. And folks will be healed, delivered, set free. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank God we are yet prevailing in this scripture, Genesis 1, 27 and 28. So God created human beings in his image. Who is that? Human beings. Amen. We marinate right there for a second. Amen. And it says, in the image of God, he created who? Them. Amen. He created them. Now they're getting specific. Male and female. God blessed both of them? Yes, them. And said, have many children and grow in number. Notice they have to do that. Amen. We know that one counterpart has a womb. Amen. Hence, man with a womb, a woman. Amen. Thank God. Have many children and grow in number. Fill the earth and be its master. Rule over the fish in the sea and over the birds in the sky and over every living thing that moves on earth. Earth, I thank God for this scripture showing us who does what and how. Amen, and we're all both called. Amen. I remember a lesson we had uh, when I taught third grade. The third graders, uh, uh, we were in in the winter season and um, talking about the different types of animals. And the emperor penguin comes to my mind when I was praying and um, how uh, the female yes does lay the egg. Amen. And after she does that, who sits on it and keeps it warm while they take this long journey to find food somewhere? The male emperor penguin sits there in the cold protecting the egg, isn't that something? My God, she goes to stop and shop to find food. Takes them a long time sometimes and they come back, have it all ready and by then the men have nurtured the babies and they're ready to eat and then they give them some food, isn't that great? Look at the roles. amen. Thank God, and just as God gave Solomon wisdom to say, consider the ant, all of y'all who are lazy, consider the ant, how it works, amen, untiringly throughout all the seasons, amen. Thank God, you, you pluck up in the harvest so that later when there's no harvest and there's a need for food, you yet have food, because you work when you should have. What about other things in nature? We can learn, amen. Aren't we supposed to have dominion over these things? How come sometimes these things we have dominion over live better than we do, seem to have better morals and a mind to prepare ahead of time for their household better than a human? I don't know. It's just an intriguing thing to me. But I thank God that we have yet this study today, we can use the word of god correctly and deconstruct wrong construction amen sometimes there's erroneous construction we don't want that amen thank god there's a correct historical and cultural context that god intended for us to understand God is showing us that, amen, he is not for the inequalities that have been developed in history. God is showing us. I thank God for this one-time pastor, Kevin Giles, became now more an astute uh, Christian thinker and writer to help us have the right history, and in his book, uh, What the Bible Actually Teaches on Women, We're ending with chapter three, but there are nine chapters. Uh, We stopped here dealing with women's liberation. We talked about, and we wanna look at right now, uh, just to finish up, the philosophy of feminism. My God, and uh, we know that women have had the opportunity to have higher education which enabled them to have special niches in the workplace. And now this has caused some men to feel displaced. My God, they're saying, what are we supposed to do with this here new thing? You know, (laughs) thank God. But amen, the Bible has something to say about freeing the women to be who God intended for them to be. The debate uh, about what the Bible says on the sexes is very much a contemporary one. It only became a red hot question as a consequence of the revolutionary social changes previously mentioned uh, that we had in our other sermons. When the Western world affirmed the full equality of the sexes, Christians were forced to consider what they thought the Bible said about women. For centuries, Christians simply reflected and endorsed the prevailing cultural norms of society, arguing that women are to be subordinated to men in all spheres of life in the home, the church, and every part of society. Theologians and clergy, along with everyone else until the 1960s, generally spoke of women as quote-unquote inferior, and of men as superior, and the Bible was interpreted to teach just that. It was the women's liberation that forced all theologians to go back and consider afresh what the Bible taught on women, or better, on the male-female relationship. Such rethinking on what scripture teaches, when a profound social change takes place, have happened many times in history. And when that happens, amen, it makes men, amen, have to go back to see if they overlook something, amen. Which in this case, it is true. My God. Uh, When everyone thought the world was flat at one time, Theologians read the Bible so that it would teach that. Isn't that something? When everyone thought the sun revolves around the earth, the Bible was read to teach this. What's wrong with us? When everyone thought the world was created in seven literal days, 24 hours each. It's uh, about 7000 years ago. Everyone believed that. And it's not necessarily because of the evidence we find. We know it could be a little longer because there's a poetic language sometimes in the Bible now. But it doesn't mean that it's the same amount of years like the Big Bang Theory. People are saying, amen, wasn't that long. Now, the postmodern culture that we live in, most Christians do not think that the Bible teaches any of these things at all that I just mentioned. The closest parallels, however, to the contemporary change in thinking on what the Bible teaches on women are seen in the slavery and apartheid debates in the 19th century in the American South. Evangelical and Reformed Christians were of one mind, you know, the very super, super strict, according to every line upon line Christians, Reformed Christians, claiming the Bible endorsed the institution of slavery. They might have been line upon line, but maybe they put something between the lines to think that. My God. Numerous weighty works were written in an effort to prove that there was a biblical case for slavery. And many were written um, by scholarly reformed theologians. The Southern Baptist Convention was established in 1845 as a breakaway from the Northern Baptists over this very issue. The founders of the new uh, denomination were agreed. The Bible teaches that slavery is acceptable to God. That same mindset was a mandated philosophy over in South Africa. For about 50 years, scholarly theologians of the Dutch Reformed Church insisted that the Bible endorsed the doctrine of apartheid. In both cases, there came a day when those who were claiming biblical support for the oppression of non-whites had to confess they had been wrong. They had misquoted the Bible to support what the actual Bible condemned. My God, self-interest had corrupted their thinking, leading them to misinterpret the Bible according to their own personal ideas. Then finally, in uh, 1989, the Reformed Church of South Africa publicly acknowledged that their teaching about white races ruling over other races was heretical. Uh, It was contrary to what the Bible actually taught. It took Southern Baptists though longer uh, to publicly admit that they uh, had read the Bible wrongly on slavery. Uh, Their admission came in 1995. They were slow going and they are still slow going as many of them are telling women to shut up and sit down. My God. These changes in how the Bible is understood do not speak of the rejection of the biblical teaching, only the rejection of an interpretation of the Bible that could not be substantiated in the light of new knowledge. The change in thinking on women is of this kind. We should not be surprised that Christians until modern times thought the Bible taught the subordination of women because they lived in a cultural context where men ran the world and because the Bible itself reflected a culture where male leadership was the taken for granted reality because they didn't dig any deeper. God reveals truth like a good journalist. Fallen culture is what it is because it is what it shouldn't be. Only when our world started to change did many Christians begin to see clearly for the first time that there are profound and principled statements in the Bible that speak of the substantial equality of the two sexes in creation and in Christ. Now, let's think about this. There are certain decisions that need to be made in the domestic home, correct? But there is a way to have a mutual submission in marriage. And a lot of times we overlook the part where men should submit to women. They always accentuate how women ought to submit to men. I'm going to read to you uh, some very good thoughts uh, from a Christian writer. He's a, a blogger, you know, one who has a website that has reports ongoing. He's a retired pastor. He pastored about three or four churches for many years each. He is now a congress hopeful over in Oklahoma. He said you can't spell Oklahoma without home. We need to get our homes right, amen. And his name is Wade Burleson. He is an egalitarian and um, he's giving us some knowledge about decision making and mutual submission in marriage. His wife, Dr. Burleson, uh, she has a doctorate in nursing and she's over that department in a major hospital and has been for some time. So she's a woman of what? Higher education, amen? And he doesn't have a problem with that, amen. He says here, the attitude of every follower of Christ, whether male or female, is one of servant-like submission. Quote, do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind. Regard one another as more important than yourselves. And that's from Philippians 2, 3. And another scripture, quote, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who took the form of a bond servant. And that's over in Philippians 2, Uh, verses 5 through 7. The best one-word description for this servant-like attitude of regarding one another as more important is the word what? Submission. Amen. To be a submissive person is to be like the bond slave Jesus Christ became for all of us. The Bible is emphatic that all Christians, both males and females, are to be uh, characterized by love and what else? Submission to other people. The Apostle Paul describes the spirit-filled life of believers in Ephesians 5, where he writes, And walk in love, just as Christ also has loved you. And in verse 2, Be submissive to one another in the fear of Christ, verse 21. Again, these two characteristics of the spirit-filled life, love and submission, are they options? No, they are mandatory, amen, regardless of your gender, amen. And Paul illustrates how love and submission works in the husband-wife relationship in the rest of that chapter wives to your own husbands in verse 22 is what Paul literally writes. Unfortunately, English translators add the words be subject after the word wives. Why do our um English translators leave off love though? Hmm. Paul is writing about both love and submission. And when he writes wives to your husbands. The emphasis is wives be submissive and loving to your husbands. Likewise, so husbands to wives, Paul wrote in verse 28. uh, Again, the English translation picks up on the word love for husbands, but in the context of mutual love and mutual submission in verses 2 and verses 21. Husbands are to express a love and a servant-like spirit of submission to their wives they're like a resource see it and that's what headship really is a a resource not a dictator amen they have been misinterpreting the word it may sound strange to your ears to hear the bible says that a husband is to be submissive to his wife but it wasn't strange to paul's ears this is the teaching of the what covenant the new covenant amen jesus came to get things in order amen Thank God he kept what was good and straightened out the crooked. Amen. Thank God for that. To say that a husband is to have a submissive attitude toward his wife is as correct as saying that a wife is to love her husband. No gender, whether male or female, is to leave off either submission or love in human relationships. Because the Scripture teaches mutual servant-like submission and unconditional love for both the husband and the wife, some Christians who are unfamiliar with Scripture but who have been indoctrinated with institutional church dogmatism about authority may be a little confused. How will a married couple ever make a decision if nobody is the boss and everybody has an attitude of servant-like submission and unconditional love, they might ask. And we have something to say to answer them. Five good points. Because, yes, that's a great question. Here's how a spirit-filled couple makes a decision in marriage. Got five of them. Y'all ready? Number one, both the husband and wife are able to freely give their opinions and express disagreement because the husband considers his wife more important than himself, and the wife views the husband more important than herself. So each desires to hear what the other person has to say. We don't do like the old days where the men are, you know, strengthened by what the culture was teaching, that women ought to just button their lip and hear what the man has to say. But that's what we came from, and that's what's still in our mind and spirit at times. And we are allowing false teachers to come up and be a tyrant over us, and to misguide and hold us up, hinder the move of the spirit and everything. And we promote these men, put their pictures up, and we revere them my God. But there needs to be a shaking up There needs to be a revival. And when a good revival comes, sometimes it sounds like revolution, amen. But here's number two. The husband listens to his wife and the wife listens to her husband because there is reciprocal love and respect for one another. This love and respect is the same kind of love and respect That the husband and wife have both experienced in who? Jesus Christ. Amen. That's one and two. Number three. If unity of desire and mutual agreement for the proper course of action cannot be found in the home, then the couple mutually agrees to wait on making a decision. They that wait upon the Lord shall be what? Renewed in their strength. During this time of waiting, the husband asks God for wisdom and discernment for himself. And the wife asks God for wisdom and discernment for herself. Amen. So, so far we see both being enabled by God's will to go forward as being who God intended for them to be. But is it hurting the other? No. Number four. After waiting... When the deadline for a decision approaches, the husband in a spirit of love and submission toward his wife will either be led by the Holy Spirit to begin having the same desires as his wife or the wife in a spirit of love and submission toward her husband will be led by the Holy Spirit to begin having the same desires as her husband. Two Christians living together are to honor God by living in harmony with one another. That's not to say that the husband and wife are to be the same. Uh, harmony recognizes the beauty of differences and incorporates those differences into a beautiful melody. Mutual submission is the art of hearing from God. That's what we need to remember. Mutual submission. What? What? Is the art of hearing from who? From God. Somebody better hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. The day you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Go forward and do what God commissioned for you to do, to have that resolve, that peace, as only God could bring. Peace. Not that the world gives. Give I unto you. Amen. Let not your heart be what troubled. Amen. Neither let it be afraid. We shouldn't be afraid in our homes, my God. Big bear coming home, uh-oh, we better run for cover. The woman's hiding under the bed, locking the door. My God, there shouldn't be fear. She should be able to express herself because if she expresses herself in an, in an angry home, she will be very, very cautious what she says. The husband will look at her, what, tut, tut, did you just disobey, did you just usurp me and maybe even smack her one or two. My God, there are some who are saying they are in love with a face smacker. They are in love with an eye puncher. My God, that's not love. My God, that's insanity. And there are pastors that are saying, go in there and submit better than you're doing. It must be you. My God, and the man comes home drunk and punching on the woman. And the pastor is saying, stay in there. Keep the punches coming. My God, what kind of world are we living in? My God, you think it sounds strange, but there's a church group in northern new york right at the border of canada secluded my god they have about five churches and it's cult-like but nobody knew the cult was forming the way it was they are good tongue speakers and holy ghost filled uh they are pentecostal in style amen thank god mostly caucasians Uh, they are going forth like that, but uh, they have this complementarian mentality. And some of the women have reported being abused. Some of the women have reported that their husbands are raping their children. My God. And the pastors are privy to it and are not taking right actions against such things. My God. And some had to go outside of the, I'm calling it a cult, to go to the law, and finally get some action done. And there was a church split, rega- you know, lean this to say, my God, this stuff is happening right here and right now in our modern day. My God, folks are holding on to the old way, to the demonic way, where you just sweep it under the rug, keep it hidden in the closet. What happens in this house stays in this house. My God, if you're against the law, you are lawless. You need the law. Amen. Amen. Call the cops, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Thank God. We don't want, amen, folks, breaking the law of the land. You know, the Bible is even higher than the law of the land, my God. So if you are cowering behind your little dogma, my God, you need to get your mind right, my God. You need to let God's spirit come in and heal and make amends and create safety in the home. That's what we need to be doing. Promote safety in the home. My God. Mutual submission and love. My God. Thank God. Thank God. Here's number five. We're about done. So in a Christ-honoring marriage, a Christian home, a Christ-honoring marriage, no person sees himself or herself as the authority in the home, quote unquote. Jesus Christ has what? All authority. You don't believe it? Look at Matthew 28, 18. And a marriage that honors God is one where both the husband and the wife look to Christ alone as their authority. Decision making is made with a spirit of mutual submission and love. Amen. Leaning on Christ to produce unity of hearts and minds. Amen. So everyone and anyone married to an unbeliever, what about that? This process of coming to unity in decision-making could be a very hard task, a most formidable circumstance, my God, to say the least. This is why the New Covenant writers issue a caution about being, what, unequally yoked. Amen. However, when two followers of Christ are married, it is important to remember that Scripture clearly teaches that submission is never the wife's responsibility to the exclusion of the husband's, nor is love the responsibility of the husband's to the exclusion of the wives. A spirit-filled, Christ-honoring, God-glorifying marriage is one of mutual submission and love. And the Bible uses marriage as a testimony to the world of how God works. It should, amen, exemplify the gospel message, thank God, As we are about to close, uh, in this book that we have been studying by Kevin Giles, it set out in an accessible way for us to have the revelation of how the Bible teaches gender equality. This gentleman, Arthur Giles, has been researching and debating this issue on the world scene for over 40 years. Years, my God. And I'm reminded, amen, by this 40 years, that's about the amount of time that the couple I mentioned, um, the gentleman that shared these um, ideas regarding making a mutual submission in marriage, Wade Burleson, him and his wife, married close to 40 years going into a few more months into 2023 they will reach 40 thank god so they have a lot to say so i honor his words they are biblically sound and it's a testimony that yes it does work when you do it right through the holy ghost amen now this author giles has outlined chapter by chapter how the best theologians whether catholic or protestant Uh, They now interpret that the key biblical passages that were once quoted to prove that God had made women inferior to men and thus excluded them from leadership in the world, the church, and and in their homes, um, that's now considered more and more erroneous now. My God, and we pray that everybody gets the memo. We don't want to be like Texas, and this is why we have Juneteenth, because Texas was last seemingly to obey Uh, the law of the land, the last to release the slaves. My God, there are some today who are yet holding on, keeping women at bay and keeping them captive, keeping them in a unbiblical, inferior, submissive role. My God. But I thank God for the unbiased research of Kevin Giles and other esteemed egalitarian colleagues Um, The Holy Ghost used them to reveal how the Bible makes the substantial equality of the sexes, the creation ideal. It is what God actually intended. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And I thank you for your word. O God. Hallelujah. God. May we be a light, a lighthouse to the world. And may we all exemplify, amen, what the Bible says. We of the Realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.